Thank you for choosing to listen to episode number 50 of Kansas City Food Memories, closing in on the one-year anniversary. Today, we take all calls to share stories and memories of Christmases past, sometimes at restaurants, sometimes other places. Do not forget that this is a taped presentation of a live radio show, so do not call in or text in when prompted. But please make an effort to listen to us live every Saturday at 10 a.m., on 98.1 FM Kansas City at Central Standard Time. You can probably also listen online through the Odyssey app. Thank you very much. Sit back and enjoy. Good morning. This is Robert Dunsing, and thank you for tuning in today on the eve of Christmas Eve to Kansas City Food Memories, where we talk about the people, places, and food that make Kansas City such a great place to live. All right, now here, today's show is all about you, the listener. Rocco, go ahead and open up the phone lines. The phone number today is 913-586-7798. If you've always wanted to call in but you didn't have the courage, Rocco, I told Rocco to be on his best behavior this time and not scare you. So the phone line is 913-586-7798. That's also the text line. If you do not want to have your voice heard on the air because maybe there's people looking for you, you can send a text line in. But here's what we're doing today. Um, Today, I want to hear your Christmas or New Year's at a Kansas City restaurant story. There are some people that only eat out. There's some people that do it maybe out of desperation because they burn the turkey, they burn the ham or something like that, but it turned into a wonderful experience. I want to hear some of those stories. So if you have an experience going out to eat at a Kansas City restaurant for Christmas or for New Year's, I'd love to hear that story. If you just want general, if you want to call in with a general story uh, idea on a story from you in the future, hold on to that or text that one in unless you have a personal contact. So here's what I've um, had, who I've had on the last few weeks as a quick reminder. I had Paul Corey of Gilbert Robinson and the PB&J restaurants. He was absolutely fantastic. I'm going to have to have him um, back on a few times. It was just we just barely t- scratched the surface on that one, and I think he had a good time, so there's great stories there. Ron Reagan of Reagan's Riverboat in Whisker Rivy, he was fantastic. Used um, His family had restaurants, coffee shops, and I think he was also um, president of the Kansas City Restaurant Association, so some stories from there. Before that, I had Ken Hill, Bill Latimer, Rob Baker, and then uh, Ken's son, Mike, from the Gilbert Robinson companies, and we heard some great stories from the early days to the later days of the Gilbert Robinson, what made them so wonderful, and what we they were, how much the influence they had on everybody else, and kind of what they really like and miss. So that was really good. So if you missed any of those, go back to the podcast, go to um, any podcast provider like Google, Spotify, Apple, and search for Kansas City Food Memories, and you'll be able to listen to all those. Give you an idea who I have scheduled for the next few weeks going into January. I have Bill Crooks coming on. He was formerly of the um, uh, PBNJ restaurant group with uh, Paul Corey. He's got some great stories. I'm going to have musician Danny Cox. That was brought to me by two different people. The uh, appliance care um, company, Brian Pippen, uh, was a good friend of his. And as was Bill Walkenhorst that was on my show about two months ago from the Rainmakers. That was a crazy show, too. We're going to do a too. whole show dedicated to Ruby's Soul Food. So that will be scheduled. I think that one's scheduled for the last Saturday in January. So I have several people that were instrumental in helping Ruby, the Ruby restaurant experience go on, a retired police officer. So that's going to be a great show. Now, here's some other topics that I have planned, but the dates are not set. 
So again, the phone number is 913-586-7798. Please call in. I still have quite a few lines open on that one. So if you have story ideas or you have experiences with restaurants for Christmas and New Year's, and I'll go ahead and take the phone calls if you have a story idea restaurant that you don't think we've talked about. So go ahead and do that, 913-586-7798. And if you do not call in, you do not want Rocco and I just talking together. You know, I actually, something crazy happened the other day. Somebody didn't even know that we were like a radio show. They said, um, I was talking about the show and then they said, yeah, I saw that on the podcast. I'm like, did you know we're a real radio show too? So people are finding us from Apple and Spotify without even knowing that this is on live as well. Show is listened to on podcasts, which is insane. It truly is. Yeah, that's good. All right. So um, some of the people that I have planned that are going to be on the show that I've spoken to and agreed to come on, we've just got to work it out. Jack Fiorella, well, the founder of Fiorella Jackstack. Jimmy Francais of JJ's on the Plaza. Mike Garozzo, Joe's Barn, and many more. If you know any of these people, personally tell them that they need to come onto the show and that we all really want to hear their stories on there so we can be able to do that. All right, Rocco. This is really unusual. The phone Normally we have are, like five callers by now. Did did you turn the phone lines on? Should I? Yes. Oh, man, that's what it is. <laughs> okay, any minute now. All right. Hey, Rocco, do you have any experiences eating out for holidays? You know, we didn't do that as much. We brought food in more so, like um, barbecue, maybe Jack Stack, yeah. uh, you know, Fiorella's or pizza a lot of times. We would do little things like, you know, like popcorn chicken for the kids, but... I think that a lot of my friends would go out like, you know, places that we've had on the list. Like, like we had the, uh, somebody who owned one of the red Robins, you know, early in Kansas city. That was one that like a couple of my good friends, like Chris used to do that every, you know, every, every, uh, Christmas Eve for whatever reason. Yeah. So I think one of the things that is kind of famous for Christmas Eve is a lot of people go to Chinese restaurants. I where, mean, do, where does that come from? Do you know? I, no, I don't know. I mean, cause they would be open. They would most likely be open. I mean, so many other restaurants, I mean, they're, after everything that we've all been through, you know, as a bakery or restaurant, you know, get through the last three weeks, I mean, you're exhausted, you know, and you've worked the, the long days and you, you need time away to get, uh, get together with your family and friends and things For like sure. that. So that's where we'll get. For us, gosh, we would, I mean, we, I mean, Sharon and I, in doing our business during the last three weeks before Christmas, we'd put in probably 100, 120 hours a week to be able to do that. So we in would, one week? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's unbelievable. You know, yeah, that's that's kind of what we do. But then what we would do is we would go ahead and go to um, – we would shut down at noon on Christmas Eve, whatever day of the week it is, and we would go someplace really, really nice. I remember one year, I think one of my most favorite uh, Christmases, we went to uh, Fogo de Chao on the plaza, and I remember we went to go eat there. And Faith was younger. Somebody will probably help me figure out what age she was. But we went there – I think it was the first time we went there, you know, with the red – Red dot and the green dot, be able to see all that. But when, by the time we came out at the end of lunch, it had just started sn- a few snowflakes when we went in. When we came out, there was about four inches of snow on the ground. By the time we got home, there was eight inches of ground, and the whole oh city God. shut down. That's unbelievable. Yeah, so that was like 10, 10 15 years ago. Make you think about doing a Christmas uh, at a restaurant again. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so um, Rocco, let's go and go to Jim. Jim, are you there? Good morning. Yes, sir, Robert. Merry well, Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, one of my favorite people in the whole world. So, so, so when you were in you. the restaurant business, what was what did Christmas mean for you guys? 
Work. <laughs> Work. Were you ever open on Christmas Eve? We were until 8 o'clock, and uh, everyone else was closed. We had all the Popeyes. Uh, we stayed open until 8 o'clock, and we did a land office business. Cause we were the only place open. McDonald's had closed. Burger yeah. Kings were closed. Everybody was closed except Popeyes. And we had the idea that people wanted to pick up maybe a a snack or two yeah. or a box of chicken for Christmas Eve, and by golly, it worked. Well, you but got me craving a pop. Yeah, you got me craving a Popeyes the other day, so I went there last night to get carry out. Good for you. <laughs> anyway, and before Popeyes, uh, when we had our delis, we did the same thing. And uh, before that, when we had the big restaurant downtown, 13th and Baltimore, with all the name entertainment. Uh, we worked, we worked Christmas Eve, DePardo had, we had a, whoever was appearing there at the time had a matinee on Christmas Eve and all the office people were there and, uh, had lunch and afternoon cocktails. But Christmas always meant in the restaurant business for restaurateurs, you worked. So when so, was the night that, that the big celebration you had at your house where you'd see Marilyn May and all these other other people. That was every New Year's Eve. New Year's my Eve. brother, Ned, uh, Marilyn May, and her daughter were guests at his home every uh, New Year's Eve for many, many years until Ned passed away. And uh, just great memories. And I know everyone out there will get started now. Let's call in, folks. And oh. Yeah, we got Tell to... this guy your memories of, of, of these wonderful holidays. Well, Jim, I got um, was that you that told me the story that you were at a bar in like Phoenix or California and talking to the piano player? Yeah, that was in uh, 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 Bachelor Gulch, Colorado. Yeah, can you tell that story real quick? Sure. He was, I was waiting for our table to be ready and he was playing some songs in the cocktail lounge and I sat down there and was waiting and uh, when he was finished I said can you play such and such my favorite song and he did and we got to talking and he said where are you from and I said I'm from Kansas City he said oh my gosh he said I went to K-State and I studied to be an engineer and uh, when I got out and graduated I went to Kansas City looking for an engineer's job with some of the like Black and Beach and places like that. And he said no one was hiring, but I knew how to play the piano. So I went down to the union hall and uh, they hired me uh, to play piano. And he said, I filled in for Tony DePardo uh, one night when his pianist was sick. And, and Tony got me some other gigs after his piano player came back. And uh, he said, it's a funny thing. He said, I worked one night with Marilyn May. And I said, really? I said, uh, would you like to speak to Marilyn May and Tony DePardo? They're someone I know very well. And he said, how? And I told him, and he about fell off the piano bench. <laughs> anyway, it was New Year's Eve. Or, no, pardon me. Yeah, it was New Year's Eve. And uh, I was thinking Christmas Eve, but it was New Year's Eve. So I called my brother's home. And he answered the phone, and at that time, I said, Ned, here's the deal. And Ned started laughing, <laughs> and he said, what do you want me to do? I said, put the Pardo on first, and then we'll let him talk to Marilyn May. <laughs> so he did, 
And that was one of the greatest things. This guy broke into tears. He just couldn't believe all these uh, six degrees. Oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? The randomness of life sometimes. Oh, yeah. That probably rocked his world. How in the heck? I'm in Colorado with my daughter and my wife having uh, Christmas and New Year's out there. And this comes along like where? How do do these things happen out of just millions of people? And you run into someone and you make all these connections. It's incredible. Well, you know what's funny is that every time I talk to you after the show, no matter who my guest is, you have stories about how you cross paths with them and then how that person touched somebody else. So I, it's, it, and it's true. It, it really happens. Yep. And that's the great thing about life. Yep. It's well, just... Uh, well, Jim, you are the best, and you've primed the pump. You've got people calling in for me, so that's a second gift you've given me today. Thank you. Well, good to see you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to all. And see you soon. All right. Thank you, Jim. Okay, buddy. Oh. Bye-bye. Rocco, I love that guy. I mean, he is the spirit of Kansas City. And he loves you, too. That's oh. awesome, man. You know, he, I mean, Well-deserved. Well you know, back in the day, you know, Mike Murphy was kind of the spirit of Kansas City. You know, and just he helped set the tone for just the way we all lived and got along with everybody. And, yeah. You know, uh, Jim just uh, – he does he does the same thing for me that Mike Murphy did back then. It's cool seeing people still encapsulating, you know, those sort of traits and character personality. You know, it's so cool. You don't, There's not many people like Jim Eddie left it doesn't feel like, yeah. especially not as successful yeah. as he is either. Isn't that a funny story about the piano player? Well, yeah. He's talking to the piano player, and the guy was an engineer and, and had no plans of becoming a professional pan- piano player, but he happened to cross paths with two people in Kansas City, change his life, and, and Jim puts him on the phone. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah, that's that's really cool. That, that doesn't happen very often nope. today. All right, Rocco, let's go and go to Lee and everybody else. Uh, phone number is 913-586-7798. And um, Sherry just sent me a text. She told me she's going to sweeten the pot. So a random caller in today will get a free Christmas wreath, a, a cinnamon wreath that, um, that uh, they can come pick up tomorrow. If you go to makethemsmile.com, you'll see what that looks like because we're still taking orders. So, so much for my easy day, huh? Yeah, yeah. so we're going to get that. So go ahead and call in. So let's go to Lee. Are you there? I'm here. Right. What do you have for me? Well, two things. I'm the Milwaukee-style hard roll guy. <laughs> and then my, my favorite Christmas food memory is for uh, Christmas Eve, we always had grilled, uh, grilled cheese and tomato soup. We had a very simple... Very, very simple Christmas Eve meal. And that's my memory, and that's all I have to say. Was there a okay. story behind that? No. Well, we were um, we moved away from family when I was five, and so we were always on our own for Christmas. So we, my mom and dad, you know, we always had a nice Christmas tradition, but we'd always kick off Christmas Eve with simple, a simple menu. Yeah. And- just to... Just to um, you know, uh, in the spirit of the holiday, we we just kept it simple. Well, so see, I'll, you know, I like a- I like that because you know, it's looking back, you know, that your parents may have been poor, but they they did their best to create a wonderful, rich, fun memory for you. And we still have ever even now. I'm 70 years old, and, and Christmas Eve we still do. Uh, grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup, <laughs> homemade tomato soup. Well, that's are you using decent bread at least? Uh, decent what? Are you using good bread? Oh yeah. Oh, that oh, makes yeah. all the difference in the world. 
Yeah. All right. All right. I, I, uh, Lee, I appreciate you calling in very much. All right. Thanks. All right. Thank you. All right. So, Rocco, uh, you were mentioning a while ago where in the world did that tradition of Chinese restaurants come out? Yeah. All right. So there's two different things. Uh, somebody put on the text line uh, uh, the movie A Christmas Story. The dogs ate the dinner, so they had to go eat at a Chinese restaurant. Yeah, that was the first time I'd seen it. Did they really create – did that create a whole cultural thing with that Because, I mean, I believe it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's – I think that's part of it. You know, there, there's a couple other things that, that may have led to it, but – Sure. Well, I mean, some people do grilled cheese, I guess. That, that was – I mean, oh, I love that. I love that, too. Yo, keep it humble. I wonder if it's as good – I mean, the ones at your bakery, best regards, probably the best grilled cheese in the city. They might have to go get some this week. Now, when uh, one time, so Sherry and I were going to Chicago, this, I think back in the 90s, it was during, uh, I think it was during the holiday season, we're walking around and there's a restaurant called Lowry's Prime Rib. And when we're walking by, there's a, somebody pulled up in a brand new Jaguar and put one of those giant 12-foot ribbons on it. And somebody was getting that as a birthday present. So that kind of the exact opposite of a grilled cheese humble uh, Christmas that somebody else was doing. All right, Rocco, can you go to uh, Rick? Same time you're answering the phone. Rick, are you there? Yes. Hello, Robert. Yeah. Merry Christmas to everyone. Well, Merry Christmas to you and everybody else. I'm calling from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Moved here from Kansas City. I've been in your restaurant and enjoy it. Uh, my comment was a, a, a few things real quick. Uh, having Christmas at uh, Peppercorn Duck Club once. Oh, um, my mom, my mom wanted us to experience that. Um, How was that? Do you remember what you had? Oh, it, it was no, no, I do not. I was probably nineteen, and I'm sixty-seven, so it was a long time ago. But I remember back then I was a smoker, and you'd flip your ashes in the ashtray, and the <laughs> guy would come and change it out before you ever got to do it a second time. You know, it was just. Very neat and and upscale, I guess. I don't even remember exactly where that was located in Kansas City. But um, was that the first uh, fancy restaurant you remember eating at? Well, um, I think uh, of that caliber. Yes, sir, it was. Yes, sir, it was. Well, you know that that's a good experience to have to to do with your kids and family is to experience that kind that level of service. Because I, yeah. you know, it, it's... and, and I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget it. And a couple of other things, real quick. People were talking about Christmas Eve meals. This was not with me, but my older brother, uh, his wife's family would go to mass, and then they would go to her parents' house, and they would have duck blood soup, which my older brother hated. My older brother doesn't eat much other than just plain average stuff and he hated that duck blood soup but it's what they had <laughs> i guess it was a del- delicacy yeah but uh and and then you were of course talking about memories and i think maybe it was jim eddie a while back on your program who said you know people say it's a small world but it's not it's a very very large world until you start talking to people and i've i've used that phrase many times because it's very true and your show makes people talk to people, and if we don't reach out and talk to people as fellow human beings, we don't have much. Nope, I, Rick, I totally agree with you. And that, to me, that is that was the whole spirit that Mike Murphy did his radio show. When he did it, yeah. he never talked about politics, you know, or right. anything divisive, especially politics then or now. It he talked about everything but. 
So, you know, he tried to find uh-huh. ways to make connections, and that's what we do on this show. You know, we, uh, yeah. we start with and, food. And you, do, you do a wonderful job of it. You well, do thank a wonderful you. Job. Do you. Do you know anything about the Parkway 600 restaurant that used to be on the plaza? The, the what restaurant? It's called, it was called Parkway 600. Mm-mm, I do not. Probably Ward Parkway and 600 block or something, but that's what it was called. Okay. Well, if anybody on uh, listening, send in a text to 913-586-7798. We'll pass that on. Well, Rick, yeah. thank you very much and for calling in, and I hope you're not too cold yeah. down there in Myrtle Beach. No, it, it's good. And your screener told me to send you a text about something, and I will do that. Thank okay. You very All right. Much, I appreciate that very, very much. Goodbye. All right. Thanks, Rick. So that's a listener from Myrtle Beach, Florida. You know, it's funny. So, that's wild. Yeah. So when I got here, so Toby and EJ and the gang were were whining about how cold it is in the studio. And me. Yeah. And you. Yeah. So I, you know, I wasn't going to say anything. But it was so brought, cold. Yeah, I walk in, and Rocco's wrapped up in an electric blanket. Yeah, I, and I wish I had another one, too. My mom got it for me. God. I looked handsome in that, no, I just, and I was warm. So I, when I was listening to um, the, the gang on during the weekdays, Dana and Parks, and so one of them got a thermometer, and it's sitting in here. It's 62 degrees. That's not cold. It's too cold for live radio. Jeez. Oh, Starts this is stuttering and stuff, and you get all cold. All right, so somebody sent me a text. Remind Robert to make a connection with Stu Stram to get him on the show. I actually met Stu this week um, at the at the bakery. So, but he says he doesn't have anything worth coming on the show, but he will. Yeah, it doesn't sound like. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like the people have spoken otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna have um, Stu Stram. His dad was Hank Stram. Yeah, I think we should cultivate that one for oh, sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, That's so he, he a legend he of Kansas couple, City yeah, too. So he can get me a couple other people so we'll get him on on the rare on the air on doing uh, doing that as well. Then Sherry sent me a text. We'll talk about our family tradition. So Christmas Eve dinner is a big deal at our at the household. Sherry's whole family and my adoptive family in um Topeka. It's all about the tamales. You know, the Mexican tamales and the whole family gets together and that they, they spend two, three nights making, you know, hundreds of tamales and I mean, there's oh there's gosh. nothing better in the world. I bet you that I bet you it smells so good there. By yeah. the time it's all done, oh I my mean, goodness! Yeah, if you can find anybody that makes them, you know that that does them homemade just for the, for the holidays or something like that. That's there's nothing better in the world. Our family's been doing like last few years. We've been getting uh, chicken spadini from Garozzo's, okay. and my mom has been making tortellini. Yeah. I mean, you know, so there's there's something to the the homemade, but man, yep. Hey, you got a phone ring and go answer. Oh my gosh! Hey, can, can you go to put me on? Uh, put Don on. Hey, Don, are you there? Yes, sir. All right. Merry you, Christmas, what, sir. Well, Merry Christmas to you. What do you have for me? A couple things. I'm going to go way back, <clears throat> back into the early 80s. Uh, oh, okay, wait all... a minute. What do you mean, way back to the early 80s? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I first came to Kansas City, how's oh, that? Okay, that's fine. You're making me feel um, Anyway, old. yeah, tell me about it. Um, we were young paramedics back then, and just getting started, we were paid $3.45 an hour. We didn't care. We loved it. But How we much were you paid an hour? $3.45 an hour. Oh. And we loved it. We didn't care. We yeah. still loved it. But anyway, we would save our money up, and then we would go on for like the week of New Year's. You would take a date to the skies. Oh, okay. And you go have their sky-high ice cream pie, and you have a dinner. And the whole bill would have been like 50 bucks, and you, they would have thought you were Diamond Jim back then. 
spending 50 bucks on a meal and a dessert, but it was that whole atmosphere and going around the city and seeing all the lights. It was a one of a kind thing way back then, but you just learned to save your money. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, do the <clears> math, <throat> you know, if you're making $4 an hour and it's a $50 meal, you know, you, or you try to, well, we all had two or three jobs. Yeah. Just to make yeah. a difference, make sure. But another thing is talk about family history. A couple things you just hit on Christmas Eve with my family growing up in Nebraska, Southeast Nebraska, uh, was the big deal. Christmas day was like, eh, okay. Christmas Eve was the deal. Yep. We would get up early every day for every Christmas Eve. And that was the beginning of everything. But the tradition that my father would tell me from his grand, his father, my grandpa who immigrated from uh, Germany, he lived in a Polish settlement inside Germany and he immigrated over here was a blacksmith and had a farm. And what they would do on Christmas Eve, my dad would tell me there was 10 of them as far as kids. They all had to get up early and they would start on one end of the farm and walk the entire farm and clean the entire farm. And then when they would get to the barn and the stalls, they had to clean all the horse and the cattle and the sheep, (laughs) all that stuff had to get cleaned out. And they all got new hay, new straw, all that stuff, right? And then... They would make it so they had these. This is back when old barns had like uh, windows that opened. Yeah. Uh, and they all opened to the east. And so what they would do at night, they'd have to go out before getting and going to midnight mass. They would open all those doors. So the tradition was grandpa would say all the cattle and the horses and the, all the animals would face the east towards the Christmas star and they would kneel. Hmm. And that's why they had to have fresh straw. Oh pretty cool but their meal so christmas eve meal though was very different <clears throat> the main dish was halibut fish in southeast nebraska yes well this was a, this was a german tradition oh yeah tradition so but they would bake this halibut fish huh. in a cream sauce in the oven and you'd have scallop corn oyster all kinds of stuff like that and butter beans and those butter beans were to die for they were so good When's the last but, time you had that meal with them? Oh boy, it's my dad died in 1990, and uh, it's been a long time. I can't even remember the last time we all had that together. You could close your eyes and sm- you could close your eyes and smell that that food and feel oh. the presence of your of your dad and your family there. Could can't you? The the whole nine yards, yeah, mm. absolutely. But yeah, that whole Christmas Eve thing, and then tamales. When you mentioned that, a good friend of mine who passed away here uh, several years ago, Father Joe Lopez, which his brother is Manny Lopez. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I used to help him go deliver uh, presents uh, this time of year down to the uh, Argentine area in KCK, where he was originally uh, from, and. Uh, his sister would be making tamales like crazy today, this exact day. And they still, I think, do it. And we would go there, and he'd load me up with these tamales, and I'm going, what do you do with this? <laughs> I didn't understand. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a German-Polish guy. What's this? But it was awesome. Oh, there's always That's room crazy. for another food tradition. My, my, oh, absolutely. My favorite also, place. FYI, uh-huh. I'm going to send you a contact, Joe Ross, who started the Glenwood Theater Complex. Oh, sure. He's a great friend of mine, and he would be a blast. To have have you been in to talk to me about him before? I have not. I have sent him a message a while back. Okay, somebody else mentioned, somebody came in about two months ago and mentioned him as well. So Yeah, so, he's but, a great but, friend of mine, and he would love to come talk with you. Oh, that would be fantastic. 
All righty. All right. Sounds good. Thank hey, Don, so I, I appreciate. Thank you for sharing those memories. We we all can um can feel the warmth of those memories ourselves. And thank you. I've been to your restaurant a couple every weekend now, and I love your food. It's so awesome. Oh well, thank you. Thank I, you guys th- so that's much. what makes this show possible. All right. Thanks, Don. All righty. All right. Merry All right. Christmas, sir. Merry Christmas. All right. So somebody sent a text in says, Robert, what are your thoughts about saving the plaza? It's an icon of Kansas City. And um, this person had taken a college class on art that's at the plaza. You know, it, it's it's had its ups and downs, but when people say they missed the local charm, the local charm that they really missed from the plaza was the Gilbert Robinson restaurants. And the guy who texted that called in, and I told him to send that as a text message. Let's yeah. let's not. But yeah. he, you know, he was talking about the restaurants and what you know. It ha- he feels like it's based in the restaurant. So of course, I mean, I know you're maybe a little biased, but I mean, it feels like that's really. No, I, no, the, it, I mean, the restaurants are truly like that's where a lot of the local charm is kind of gone. There's still good ones for sure, oh, without a doubt. But it just it's a different feel than it used to be, and, and if it's ever coming back, you know. It's going to take local yeah, I, people. I don't know how many restaurants uh, rise on the plaza. I mean, they're a fantastic restaurant. You know, they're local. You've mm-hmm. got JJ's on the plaza. But, you know, I mean, then, yeah. I mean, that's just, it, it's, you got a lot of chains, you know, that are, uh, that are at every single shopping mall. You know, yeah. you go to Chicago, St. Louis. True Food Kitchen is not one of those, but yeah. they only have a handful of locations, yeah. but it's still a chain. Yeah. It's not like Kansas City, you know, base. Like, yeah. very good restaurant, but yeah. still. Yeah, if they want, if if you are one of the new owners of the plaza and you want to jumpstart it and get that local love back, uh, bring in a few uh, local restaurants over there, nurture them like, like the previous owners did with the Gilbert Robinson Group. Because, you know, when they created, you know, Houlihan's and then Annie Santa Fe and then Plaza 3, I mean, that, that set the tone when you came to the Kansas City and you ate at one of those restaurants. You're not getting those anywhere else. No, and they started here. And the fact that we watched them kind of go away, you know, and, and the writing was on the wall and then it happened, that's what makes it kind of even harder to see, you know, and how it relays now to the plaza. Because it's still cool, but it's just, like you said, you know, hopefully yep. it comes back. Yep, that's real good. All right, so for the callers out there, the phone number is 913-586-7798. Let's go ahead and go to Brad. Brad, are you there? Yes, sir. When yes, you, sir. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastic. Merry Christmas. And what do you have for me? Well, uh, I worked at the – well, I, I talked to you about the lobster pot. Okay. A, a, a couple of weekends ago. Okay. I worked I worked there over Christmas Christmas and New Year's and that down at the Union Station. And that place used to get jumping down there. I mean so, – So what was that like? It it, it 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 was fast. It, it was all it was all uh, buffet. Okay. And people uh, dressed it sea, up. It was seafood. It was seafood buffets. Okay. And and I mean you know uh, except for except for the lobster. Yeah. We had we had crab legs. I mean everything seafood. So you had everything seafood except for lobster. Except for the lobster. At the lobster pot. At the lobster. Well, I mean, they they serve lobster with the <laughs> yeah. steak, but it was. You had to order that. Eat, they wouldn't have that yeah, on the buffet. They, yeah. they had oyster, fresh shelled oysters. They had deep fried oysters. They had scallops both ways, you know, hmm. uh, butter sauce and bait or, or deep fried. They had um, sometimes they had fish, different kinds of fish. Yeah. Well, you know, let, let, let me break in real, uh, real quick. For all of you listeners out there, if you're going to a restaurant that that's open up for the holidays, whether it's Mother's Day or Thanksgiving or Christmas or New Year's, by gosh, take care of those employees. They're, they're working their tails off 
doing probably double the work they would normally do away from their families. So be kind to them. Tell them how much you appreciate them, then take care of them financially because that's quite a personal sacrifice they're doing so that all of us can have create special memories. And then, and then with the family, the, the, the memories was different, different types of food. I mean, one, one Christmas Eve we had spaghetti and meatballs at one grandparent's. We had ham, dad would dad would uh, smoke ham, smoke a ham or brisket or, or that mm-hmm. at home, and then grandpa, my mom's dad, he would do ham or turkey on Christmas Eve. Yeah, and I mean you walked it like you said, like that one guy said, you walked in the house, and that was I mean, all you smelt was food. Yeah, and I mean it was good, it was good homemade food. I mean, if if you want to create a memory with your kids and your family that they're going to hold on to a long, long time, you know, you base it around the food. You know, that's the foundation. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, food, the dessert, everything. You yep. Know? Oh, yeah. You know, and it could be anything. You know, it's uh, for Hispanic families, it's, uh, it's all about the tamales. I think I think a lot of Italians, a lot of people like doing lasagna. Oh, yes. That's very special oh, what, Christmas what, what lasagna. funny, that, that gentleman that you were talking to earlier, he was talking about tamales. Yeah. A friend of mine, she lost her mama. That's been about 20 years ago. We used to go over to her house for, for Christmas Eve, and it was nothing but Mexican food, all Mexican. And, I mean, it was all homemade. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you just when you walked through the door, it just, I mean, it just overwhelmed you. And it was like, oh, man. It, <laughs> well, well, Brad, thank you very much. I appreciate you calling and interjecting and I, and I some of the. Tried, hey, I have tried your cinnamon rolls. Oh, well, they good. They're not too bad. Well, I mean, I haven't tried the new ones you was telling me about. Oh, so. yeah. If, if you go to Make Them Smile, you'll see what it looks like. It's Right now, I'm calling it a center wreath, but I'm going to have to change the name because I'm going to keep it after Christmas. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna have to get. I, I'm gonna have to get back out there to your place. Yeah. I, I want to meet you. Oh well, I'd I'd love to meet you as well. Uh, all the rest of so, uh, Brad. Thank you for calling in. Oh, you're welcome. You, you have a merry Christmas and a happy New Year. All sir. right. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So I'm gonna take a quick break while Rocco takes calls for all the listeners. I have a few lines open. We'll have a little bit of time. The phone number is nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. And if you enjoy, enjoy the show. Please come out and support us at Best Regards Bakery and Cafe. We're at 119th and Metcalf in Overland Park, two blocks east of um, uh, Metcalf. It's, uh, actually, it's called Glenwood Street. So you, uh, we're across the street from Cheesecake Factory next door to Johnny's. The most important thing you can do is start by signing up for my email, my weekly email newsletter, and go to makethemsmile.com. It's been my website for about 22 year, 24 years now. MakeThemSmile.com. Go sign up for the email newsletter. Now, this has been a great week at the bakery. Today is still a great day to pop in for lunch, some baked goods, and other treats that you may want to take home for Christmas. Now, we're going to be closed on Monday and Tuesday at the bakery so we can all, all of our people can spend time with their families. And then, again, I want to remind, make it really important, you need to sign up for the email. I'll be making a huge announcement on Wednesday on several specials that we're going to do for New Year's Eve. I'm going to have something new for dinner, um, some sweets, and maybe even some pretzel bread and 80-acre beer cheese soup. And we will be taking online orders on Wednesday, and I'll be sending the email to announce that. The only way to guarantee you're going to get those is by doing that online. So the steak soup, the can't say steak soup, is the best-selling soup we have right now. For New Year's, I'll be bringing back my 80-acre beer cheese soup, 
which is made with the 80-acre beer from Boulevard. And so a funny story on the beer cheese soup that, that kind of give you an idea of what I do when I create things. So I, I made the beer cheese soup. Everybody loved it. Word got out. Then one day, a gentleman walks in. He goes, I'm Stephen Powell's. I'm the beer meister over at Boulevard. I said, all right. I said, well, nice to meet you. He goes, I want to try your beer cheese because I hear you, you're using my 80-acre beer. And I laugh because it is his beer. He created that. And so he smells it. And he, before he takes it, he smells it. And he goes, oh, he goes, I can tell you simmer this soup and you do not boil it. And I said, that's true. He goes, do you know how uh, I know that? I said, yes, because if you boil the soup, the aroma goes away. He said, you're the first chef that I've met that understands the importance of that in making beer cheese soup. So he absolutely loved that. So it's, that'll be back in time for New Year's, not today, but that'll be available next week for New Year's. So go, come by and see us for that. Again, the steak soup, just a quick reminder, you can go online, you'll see what that, the uh, Roberts Kansas City Steak Soup, I'm calling it that. I've been, that's, I've been on a mission on trying to perfect that for really three or four years because everybody talks about they miss it from the Plaza 3. I've tried this, all the copycat recipes you see online, use ground beef, hamburger, and the other things. It just doesn't, doesn't hit home with me. And, and the, because of my indulgence of having this radio show, I've talked to either on the air or in my restaurant about 20 different people that worked at the Gilbert Robinson restaurants all the way from Ken Hill and the original chefs that created the recipes. So I've gotten the background story on how they created and why they created the Plaza 3 steak soup and then how it changed over the last uh, three decades because it did change. So I was able to recreate, and I think my version is actually a little bit better. And when you try it, I can tell you a little bit about why, but not most of it. All right, so phone number, uh, we're only going to have about 20 minutes left. 913-586-7798. And if you have any information, send it on the text line because I do print and save this and follow up with it on that information a little bit later. Rocco, let's, can you go ahead and go to Paul, please? All right, Paul, are you there? Yes, I am. I almost didn't put you on there because I saw what you're going to talk about. Well, uh, we had an old uh, family tradition. My father was German. And uh, usually on Christmas Eve or, you know, the week before, depending on how it felt during the week, he would go up north to his brother's house that had a pig slaughter farm. Yeah. And uh, he would gather up the blood from the slaughter. And he would have to use an egg beater, you know, to keep the blood from coagulating and, and keep pushing snow in it, keep it cold. To gather up that blood, bring it home, and he had this huge copper pot that he would put all his blood in and make blood sausage. So sometimes he'd be on Christmas Eve, he'd make all his blood I made the best blood sausage I've ever had. My mouth still waters from it. But uh, And then he would cook it up, and then usually on New Year's Day, we would eat the blood sausage for breakfast. It was, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. Well, I'm glad it's a warm memory for you. It doesn't warm me up quite as much as Don's memories of <laughs> the feast that he had. It's but really good if you, if you get good blood sausage. It really is good. All right. Well, that well, I'll 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 let you have that. You can keep that on your own. I, I wouldn't suggest open, starting a food truck serving that here in Kansas City. But no, you know, no, there's an old Norwegian and German uh, recipe. Yeah, but you know, I mean, for the Christmas traditions and family traditions, there's a little bit of that. Like there's um, uh, menudo. You know, and a lot of Hispanic, you know, for New Year's and, and things like right. that. I don't know if you've had that or like that, but you go to, there's a restaurant 
That's um, it's called uh, Los Alamos. Have you ever been there? No. But it's an old school restaurant. So you go there on a Sunday morning, and there's people coming in with the, their kitchen pots. And these pots look like they're 40, 50, 60 years old. They're beat up, you know, aluminum pots. And they go in and buy menudo by the gallon wow. or by the quart. So, they'll, yeah, they'll come, that, uh, come in and get that and take that home. So, no, I understand that. That's, that's, that's a good one. All right. Well, thank you for calling with that. Let's see if that spurs any conversation or not. Yeah. Well, hey, Merry Christmas to you and yours. Merry Christmas. I appreciate that. All right. Bye-bye. All right. You going to go try that, Rocco? Is that your cup of tea? No. I don't think so, but you know, no, it's just. I, would you at least try it? Um, I uh, no, sir. Would you? Drinking may have to be involved, but yeah, uh, you know, it would I'll, have... I'll try anything once, just out of respect for other people's traditions. Oh, that's fair. That is super fair. In, in that case, I would at least, I would probably smell it for sure. It's just a little bit too much for me. But like, I'm not, I'm not necessarily that German though. So like, I understand. <laughs> I respect. You're it. a little bit German. Yeah, actually, yeah. Okay, well, you that, can't that, hear it by the Scarcello the last you're, name. You're. You're obligated to try that then. That's fair. You're, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to put it down either. To your no. elders, it's, I didn't mean. It. I'm. I'm sorry, but right. don't make me call your mom and dad. I'll get you a big old helping too. You can have some with me. We'll I'm bring it to German. the bakery. My last name is Dunsing. Oh. <laughs> That's close enough. Yeah, that is German. All right. All right. So let's go and go to Andrea. Andrea, are you there? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> All right. Can you top that? Yeah. Uh, well. Okay. Yeah. We used to um, for. Christmas and uh, Thanksgiving, you know, you always had chitlins. Oh, yeah. And I just went down the other day. I was looking. I don't, I mean, it was like $35 for like a 10 pound. And what do you get? Like five <laughs> once you clean them? You know, I'm like, oh, my goodness. But anyway. But, you know, um, that is funny, I, though. But part of that, <laughs> that so, the reason some cultures and the ethnicities do that because it's to keep you humble. Because, you know, the, the, well, yeah. you know some it of us, you know, when death. we're poor, you know, you, I mean, the whole point of barbecue when it started was using the food that the rich people didn't want to eat. And so, you know, you, we find ways to making it absolutely wonderful. I know. And now you can't afford none of that stuff. I, it, well, I remember crazy. brains, you know, oh. we used to go get brains. Yep. Well, you know, we'd have that for breakfast. Yep. Well, you know, back in the day, you know, brisket was like 89 cents a pound. Yeah. You know, because nobody would, nobody that had any money would cook that because it's so tough. Well, now it's like six, seven, eight dollars a pound. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it it is really, really crazy. So but, did you call uh, me I to was, talk about shitlands? No, I was okay. telling him that. Um, well, we always have this big thing at uh, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas at my aunt's house. Well, she passed, and then we did it another year, and though, so we decided to. We were going to go out for Thanksgiving. We went to the Golden Buffet. Oh. It was great. We all had a great time. So you know how long ago that was. Now, the Gold uh, Buffet? The Golden Buffet. Yep. And uh, we went down there. And then so we said, oh, we're going to do the same thing for Christmas. Well, <laughs> Christmas, there was, the Gold Buffet was not open. Oh, no. <laughs> we were shocked. So we end up uh, at a Chinese restaurant right off around 31st and Linwood, somewhere around in there. And uh, there was a, I was telling him there was over 20 of us. And so we ended up with Chinese food <laughs> for uh, Christmas. <laughs> Did you make it a tradition after that? No. No? We no, we didn't. We were like, oh, never again. 
But guess what? I'm gonna do. I'm going to Red Lobster for Christmas. Mm. So they're open. Well, well so sometimes you I'm just want you there. want somebody else to do the work for you. Oh my God! Yes, I mean you know we had one person who you know we all went to and she coordinated everything and you know and we would be doing this for a couple of days you know and, and everybody said oh we're so tired of that let's go try something else and yes <laughs> so we went back to the old tradition <laughs> all right well andrea thank you very much for sharing that you, you I, there's a lot of people can't see smiling thinking about that <laughs> okay great have a great all right Christmas. thank you <laughs> bye-bye bye-bye you know uh, rick and brad brought up a couple of things rocco you know that Christmas is you can go both directions. You go really high end because sometimes you just need to treat yourself if you're suffering, you know, and you and you're being modest in what you do the rest of the year. You know, somebody right. Rick mentioned going to Peppercorn Duck Club. You know, and Brad mentioned the Lobster Pot. You know, working there and people kind of going there. And yeah. I, I'm not really a high end fancy white linen kind of person, you know. But I got to I got to get my hats off to Jasper for my 60th birthday. We decided uh, the six of us went 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 over there. Took Sherry's mom and dad and Faith and Jared and Cherry and I. We all went down there for my birthday. And I got to tell you, I mean, we were there for probably two and a half hours. It was the best food experience of my entire life. It's unbelievable. I mean, just when you get pampered like that and you just have. I remember my, my mother and father in law, uh, Nando and Carol. That I, at least three times they said, "I'm full. I can't eat another thing," <laughs> and that was only an hour and a half in. But it's, but it's they just, found more room, didn't they? Oh yeah, but you know, I mean, just with the the quality of the food and the service and the stories and treating you like family is just. Thirty years from now, we're all going to remember that entire food experience because of the level of service that they provided. Oh there. yeah, and you know, like like Andrea was saying too. I want to. I wish that the person who was working at the Linwood Chinese Express as a thirty first. Yeah. I go there. Free, it's very good. But twenty people walking in. Oh my I, gosh. I wish that the person who worked that night could call in and tell us what that was like. <laughs> do you have any? Do you have any crazy holiday like working experiences that you want to share? Oh no, I mean I've worked at a lot of uh, restaurants and. And clubs and things like that over the years, and it's just, yeah, it's banquets. Every, everybody working food service has those experiences, you know. But it's just yeah. as long as as long as you're understanding when you're that party of twenty walking into a restaurant, you just got to understand you're a party of twenty walking into the restaurant. So you yeah. can either make everybody miserable or you can make it a good time. Yeah, I and, imagine that Andrea's party it sounded like they had oh, a good yeah. time. Oh yeah, I oh, bet without was, a doubt. I wish I was there. Yeah, I mean that that could have been fantastic. All right, Rocco, let's go and go to Angie. Angie, are you there? I am. I'm calling about the Cine Reefs that you yeah. said you wanted to change their name. Oh, yeah. They're, they are actually Swedish tea rings. Yes. If you look them up yep. on online. And my family comes from Swedish descent and have made them for Christmas for many years. And I'm actually making them today. Yes. I make I make six and deliver them to um, friends and family tomorrow on Christmas Eve. Oh, that's really how long you've been doing that. Oh my gosh, my my I grew up. My great grandparents were from Sweden and did not speak any English, so I grew up in a Swedish family. My mother's family. So then, my when my mother could no longer make them, my father did, and then my sister and I make them, and my uh, sister-in-law makes wonderful ones. She is a, from Swedish descent too. So forever. <laughs> well, that, see, that's nice. What's really fun if, because um, I, I love studying food history and different cultures and things like that. And just like, uh, you know what a beer rock is, right? No. Okay. Well, the, uh, there's 
every every culture has a different name for it, but it's basically a breaded uh, pocket bread. Like uh, at times okay. we'd call it a calzone. Okay. The you know the Germans okay. would call it a beer rock. You oh, know, the um, all right. empanadas. You know, there I think yeah. there's like Brazil or Argentina would call it an empanada. Central and America. now that you're mentioning that, do yeah. you know any place? I love empanadas. Yeah. The only place that I that still I can get them, and I really don't care for them as much as I did Annie Santa Fe. I loved Annie Santa Fe empanadas. Is um, on the border. Okay. Anywhere else you can get empanad really good empanadas at well, a Mexican place. Okay, well, it's okay. It, it, it's a little bit different. The one that you're talking about, Annie Santa Fe, is a little bit different. And actually, I have the recipe for that. And it's oh. um, it. it, it Every every one of those countries or the, the the cultures that you're talking about put a little bit different spin on it. Mm-hmm. Like the empanada, you can have one that's a little bit more sweet, which is what the Annie Santa Fe. That that's leaned what toward, I loved. Yeah, yep, that leaned a little bit towards the sweet side, you know, and put whatever filling you wanted into it and fried that. Like mm-hmm. you're talking about, like the Swedish tea rings. There's a, a lot of cultures have a variation of a either pull apart a wreath or a ring. You know, kind of like yes. Kringles and things like that, or pastries. Correct. Yes. And you yes. got different ways, like, um, like, do you do a, a enriched like a brioche dough when you make that, or is it more of a no. simpler dough on the bread? Um, uh, all I know is I have to scald the milk. Yep. And the milk has to get to room temperature. Yep. And um, it, right now I'm on my second. I'm about ready to punch the bread down. You make it, and it raises for an hour, and then you make it, then you punch it down and let it race for two hours. Then you make it and let it punch down, make it for another two hours. Okay. So you, you make there's your no eggs in your have, dough, right? Oh, yes, there is. There yes, is there, eggs? Okay. There are eggs, yes. Yep. Yes. But you know, but that, there's, I, I think, yeah, that's the fun I, part because there's so many different versions of this from different cultures based on what mm-hmm. they have in abundance and what's rare. Right. And if you put frosting on it and the kind of frosting you put on yep. it. And I've had a hard time. I I uh, decorate it with candied candied cherries or pineapples the past few years, and I haven't been able to find those yep. to decorate them with. So it's, I'm it's crazy with... some of the shortages that we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so... I'm going to put marshmallow cherries on mine because they had those in the liquor section. <laughs> <laughs> so well, it's pecans well, and marshmallow cherries this year. <laughs> well, good for you. I mean, I love doing the tradition. Whenever I do a food like that that has different variations, I try to be careful not to like uh, like like the king cakes. You know, there's like, oh, yeah. there's about yes. six different versions of that, and other cultures mm-hmm. have something that has to do with Mardi Gras. Oh, so but, you try to not, not, not necessarily name it a Swedish tea ring. <laughs> right, right. Well, because, yeah. Because I guarantee that there's a few other Swedish families that are arguing with how you're making it because Probably. you didn't do it the way Probably. their grandmother did. Probably. But Probably. I, I am not uptight about the food histories. I do try to know what it is. And if it's uh-huh. great, I'll use it. If it's mm-hmm. if I, if I think I can make it a little better, I'll just put a little bit of a twist on it so we can all do right. Our own. Well, but before I called, I mean, I noticed when because what we follow you online, get your newsletter, and I'm like, oh, look, he's making Swedish tea rings. Yep. So I thought I'm going to Google it just to make sure that I'm not the only one that calls. Oh no, no, you are. No, that's that's probably <laughs> yeah, the most common yeah. name for it. Yeah, and I looked it up, and I'm like, okay, good. Yep. <laughs> no, no, you you are right. You are all good on that. All right, Angie, thank you very much for calling. Have a great sure. Christmas, and I'm sure your you friends too. and neighbors will appreciate it. All right. Thank now, you. Merry you Christmas. better make sure you include everybody because they know you're making it, and if they don't get one, their heart's <laughs> yeah, going to be broken. They know. they know, and they expect it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Have a good Christmas. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. I think, Rocco, we have time for one more call. Let's go to Holly. 
Holly. Yes, what do you have for us, Holly? Oh, I was just going to share our family Christmas traditions. My uh, mother's side of the family, my great-grandfather immigrated from Denmark, and on Christmas Eve, we would have roast pork and roast duck and red cabbage uh, and and other, you know, we always did the this rice porridge thing, and they might, you put an almond in the rice porridge, and whoever gets the bowl with the almond in the rice porridge gets a present. Mm. And then oh, my yeah. father immigrated from Scotland, and so on Christmas morning, we'd go to my granny's and have Scottish things. Uh, in particular, she would make uh, sausage rolls uh, with a homemade rough puff pastry and, and sausage and and uh, as far as I know, I, I'm the only grandchild that she actually taught, you know, taught me how to make that. So now I always make sausage rolls for Christmas for my own family. But mostly what I want to say is this show is gold. Oh, well, and thank I you. I talk to you for hours. <laughs> I'd just like to ask you about some restaurants that were here when I, you know, I, 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 was born in on the end of the hour so come yes, by the yes, bakery yes, yes. and see come me see you. come see me i'll I'm listen to your stories you. all right thank you all right for the listeners out there if you do not have a christmas tradition make one up create one spend some time with your family do some kind of a little bit of uh, food that takes a little bit of effort get them involved in making that and make up a backstory they'll laugh about it later All right, so for all of you listeners out there, be sure to come by and see us this week or next week at Best Regards Bakery and Cafe. We're at 119th and Glenwood in Overland Park, which is two blocks east of Metcalf, across from the Cheesecake Factory next door to Johnny's. Please remember that we'll be closed on Monday and Tuesday, but back to normal on Wednesday. And make sure you sign up for the email so you can find out all the big things, huge things. One of them is literally huge for New Year's Eve. And don't forget that this and all of our other podcasts are available on all platforms. Just search for Can't Save Food Memories. Rocco, thank you. I couldn't do this show without you. And who would have thought that a show like this was even possible? Keep up the great work. That, that, was, that was a lot of fun. Thank you to all of you for listening. And see you next Saturday at 10 o'clock. This concludes this broadcast of Kansas City Food Memories.